to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man, where let's talk about movie sports and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. We're just going to talk about whatever we feel like. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since we've done one of those episodes. It's election night, so it's one of those times where we could talk about something that gets us kicked off of Patreon. This is honestly, I think, the first election that I really just not paid any attention at all. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I'm paying like way more attention than I usually do. <laughs> I don't care very much. Like I care a little. I don't really want Beto to be my governor because I don't like him as a person. <laughs> Whatever his politics are. I'm not a fan of his politics either, but I don't like him. <laughs> He's effectively a drunken frat boy who never who never grew up. So as opposed to who else in <laughs> in politics. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, let me put it this way. The World Series happened, and apparently Ted Cruz thinks everybody in Texas loves him so much that he was all over the World Series parade, and people were booing him there. What, in Houston? Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> it's Houston. What was he expecting? I <laughs> But again, he's like, yes, because I'm from Texas. He's like, I'm part of the Astros. He's like, dude, get the hell out of the way. Nobody cares. Get out of there. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I watched games four and five Mm -hmm. uh, all the way through. And those were good games. Game five was great. It was three, two. Game four was like, it's kind of a nail biter. I started watching the sixth inning just after the Astros hit. Well, I turned it on, walked away to use the facilities, came back, and the Astros had scored five runs. (laughs) <laughs> and I looked at both my mother-in-law and my wife and went, what happened? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, we scored five runs. <laughs> like, ah, ah, ah. I just went to take a piss. <laughs> yeah. Scored five runs. Walked away from that. <laughs> and, and and the rest of it was like, you know, 0-5. And, and nobody else scored. I think I think that was the 0-5 game. The no-hitter? Yeah, that was the no-hitter. Okay. Which oh, it was a lot of fun. It was confusing, though, because when we turned it on, there was one pitcher who pitched six innings of it. And so when I turned it on, it was the one pitcher. And I watched him all the way through until the last two innings. And they switched guys out. And I'm sitting there, like, in the eighth inning thinking to myself, this isn't the same guy. Why are they still calling it a no hitter? I mean, it's true. It's technically true. It's a no hitter, but. <laughs> well, because once it goes past six innings for that pitcher, he gets the credit for the game. Yeah. And hilariously, after the game, uh, he interviewed and he doesn't speak English. Oh, that's a. Yeah. There's at least two Guardians players that was like that. Yeah. All I'll say about the, the baseball postseason is that. Thank God, you guys. Didn't you guys sweep the Yankees? Yeah, they swept the Yankees. Yeah, thank God for that. And I I just want to say for everybody who's like, oh, the Astros are a bunch of cheaters and they shouldn't win. Fuck you. Okay? (laughs) That's all I've got to say to you. Like, what? Get over it. Get the fuck over it. It's sign stealing. Everybody's done it. They were doing it wrong. They got caught. Fine. Whatever, they got punished. We're like two years down the road here, people. 
Give it up. <laughs> right, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, given the last five years of baseball, the Astros are starting to lean in towards, you know, baseball hating them like the Yankees. But uh, uh, my thing with the Yankees is just that uh, as a team and as a fan base, they are so smug <laughs> about everything. Like, they, they don't make it fun to go to a game there. Like, the fans themselves don't make it fun. No. You know, they're just not civil. <laughs> At least it was a good World Series. It went to six games, so yeah. you know that means the, uh, at the very least, uh, the Phillies won two games. So yeah, and it's funny because I I <laughs> I was planning on watching the last game, and then I just forgot, <laughs> like because it wasn't on Friday. Yeah, it really took a back seat. It was just really odd how the uh, TV and the uh, advertising for it really took a back seat this year. Yeah, I, I thought that was. That was kind of funny that I missed that, but but they were good games. It was good to see uh, one of the star pitchers for the Astros, Justin Verlander. Verlander finally get a win <laughs> in the in the World Series. <laughs> However many times he's been to the World Series, every game he's pitched for, he's lost. It's kind of funny because he's one person, and then like say on the other side, the Phillies had Bryce Harper, if I remember right. Yeah, Bryce Harper. Yeah, this is the first World Series he's been to since he left the Nationals and like he's never been to a World Series until now but he left the Nationals so you can have this major you know 400 million dollar guaranteed contract with the Phillies and this is his first time in the World Series and he didn't win so I think it has a lot to say about like how crazy baseball is and they're really going to have to if they want to save the sport they're going to really have to rein in on the money and they're going to really have to change how they operate in general because Bryce Harper, $400 million, the Phillies are going to have to spend on him, and he hasn't won them a World Series. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Just so much money. Yeah. <laughs> so much money. They're not like the NFL making billions of dollars every year. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing that's always just confused me so much about baseball is how much they're paying these players. Ticket sales never seem that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I guess it's a make we make it up in volume kind of a deal. We have a billion games. <laughs> but see, that's where you'd think that baseball would run itself kind of like a movie theater, which is if you keep ticket prices low enough, people are going to come in and spend the money. I know we've had this conversation before, but oh, you know, what the hell? We're we're off the the script here. You know, if you spend less money to get in, you're going to spend more money when you're in there, and especially with all these baseball parks. Having something unique, a f- unique food item, a unique experience, something. You know, I hear tell the new the new Rangers uh, ballpark has a like a full blown kids area and everything. So we're looking at maybe going to some games with some folks at church next year. Mm-hmm. It's always a we'll see with me. I have so little time in my life for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. Like, well. So last weekend, we were supposed to clean out the garage. Never got to it. A&M game, and then after that, we were just like, nope. Just nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, you, you you got two kids, and then, you know, friends who have multiple kids, and it just goes from there. <laughs> With the new job, I come home so burnt out. Oh, yeah. From So, like, the old job, a lot of it was very mindless. And that can be mind-numbing, but it also results in me going home typically and having the mental energy to do other stuff, mm-hmm. hobbies or, you know, whatever. These days, I go home and I'm so, like, 
mentally burnt out that I either want to just fall asleep or watch something on TV, like just turn my brain off because that's what TV is. Yeah. And nothing new. Hardly anything new unless you're like 90% sure you're going to like it. Yeah. And the nice thing is I, I was so far behind on so many things that it wasn't a problem until recently because we finished out House of the Dragon. So we've been watching House of the Dragon. Was it good? Yeah, yo, it was good. It's a depiction of a single book. Right. And so it lends itself pretty well to a TV series. Right, and it's a prequel centered around one house of Game of Thrones, so... Yeah, and it's done very well. Actors and actresses are all very committed to the role. What's the actor who was Doctor Who? Matt Smith? Oh, yeah, plays uh, Damon. Yeah. He does a really good job playing Damon, too. From the TikTok videos I see, it does look really good. Yeah. So there's that. I've gotten two episodes into the Lord of the Rings show, uh-huh. and I've hated characterization of Galadriel so much that it's difficult for me to want to go back and watch anything else. I don't mind it, it really anything else. Elrond, the Dwarven King being all wrong, you know, from just from a timeline perspective, whoever the meteor man who falls out of the sky, whoever he is, the proto-hobbits, I... I Whatever. It's all interesting. You know, it's it's second age, not clearly defined stuff, whatever. Hmm. Gladriel, on the other hand, has a, a very specific, specifically defined characterization by Tolkien. She's one of the characters he wrote, I almost want to say the most about, outside of the Lord of the Rings books. And part of it is her origins are somewhat nebulous. Like how she, in Tolkien's writings... And it's just a testament to how Tolkien Tolkien wrote things. It was very much, I wrote it down, and then a different idea occurred to me, so I wrote that down. But I didn't erase the first thing. And then a slightly variation on those two things came up, so I wrote that down too. And like, you know, 20 years down the line, you have six different versions of the story, and you're like, which one's right? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I'm dead. (laughs) You know? Even how Galadriel gets to Middle-earth in the first place is sort of up in the air because you have stories from multiple different places that contradict. But her characterization is sort of... She she is effectively warrior princess Galadriel. Mm-hmm. And you can be a strong woman without having to fight. Like, you don't have to punch people or use a sword or whatever. Like, Galadriel was a strong, you know, female character or whatever. Well, like how Liv Tyler did her character. Yes! Like, she didn't go seeking a fight, but she wasn't gonna necessarily run away from one if she was pinned into a corner. You know, wielding power with the blade wasn't how Galadriel wielded her power. I feel like there's a lot of pigeonholing of, like, the strong female lead now to have to be literally strong. Like, physically able to pick up things that are heavy. Mm. Like, like the literal definition of strong. <laughs> That's what a, a strong female lead needs to be. And I'm like, no. I mean, there's lots of different strengths. So, and this, I guess this goes into the other show we were watching, which was She-Hulk. Which, you know, outside of the first and the last episode was a pretty good show, to be honest. Yeah. It was funny. I enjoyed all the breaking of the fourth wall stuff, which is, you know, stereotypical She-Hulk from the... Uh, the days of the comic books. She's been breaking the fourth wall since before Deadpool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She she did it first, funny enough. Oh. It just wasn't as popular, Deadpool, as Deadpool. Well, Deadpool's funnier. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be honest, Deadpool's being played by Ryan Reynolds, so tough to beat. 
<laughs> those two are just interchangeable now yes <laughs> if you've seen ryan reynolds in anything before deadpool you're like yeah spot on perfect <laughs> yeah and we're and, and practically speaking anything that ryan reynolds is in now we just assume it's deadpool right pretending to be ryan reynolds mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> it's just i love this scene in deadpool 2 where he goes back in time and he shoots ryan like, reynolds in the head <laughs> like this third one they're making the third deadpool i think for no other reason than so that way they can have him and hugh jackman in the same movie together <laughs> yes yes it's going to be glorious <laughs> glorious i tell you because you know right after logan you know hugh jack was like i'll never play wolverine again We're like okay you say that now <laughs> yeah hey hey you you wanna play wolverine again yeah sure <laughs> walks away wait a minute <laughs> best two trailers ever because in the, the second part they're both sitting on the couch they're like we know you have questions so we're just going to lay it all out there. And then this buzz, annoying buzzing noise starts while they're talking and you can't hear anything they say. And they're like miming the fighting and the, you know, claws and, you know, I just, you know, like you Jags. <laughs> you Jags. Uh, so, yeah. But she all, you know, the first episode was pretty terrible because it was very much uh, anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, automatically because I'm a girl mm-hmm. and they basically just flat out and said that and I'm like ah. which I mean the only reason I find that upsetting is because we've been on more of a journey with Hulk there was effort put into it like they, we were part of that journey with him mm-hmm. and so for someone to just come in and just naturally do it just automatically be better you know and it's like but that's not like a hero's journey, you know, and a hero's journey has struggles. They have to earn their place, you know, the achievements and whatnot. And it felt more like this one was just being handed over because it's a she. And to me, it just robs the character of growth. Like, it's the same thing they did to America Chavez mm-hmm. and kind of what they did to Ray in in the new Star Wars is they took away their hero's journey and just said they're already good at it. And you're like, ah. but see, Ray wasn't even good at it. The, that was the bigger problem was that Ray didn't really show off any sort of skills. Like there was no, like Luke was so invested in brooding that he didn't really teach her anything. Right. And Ray didn't really use any real uh, powers. Like the the little that she did were mostly in the Force Awakens, and it was knee jerk reaction stuff. Granted, you know, people were like, oh, she can't possibly learn how to use a lightsaber without any sort of practice. Eh. And that mattered less to me. It was more the Force stuff, you know, and that there really wasn't any of it. Right. Me, my problem with Rey was that she wasn't utilized for the character that she should have been. Right. That's my biggest problem with She-Hulk, with that first episode. The rest of the series was pretty good until the end. I think you're going to find a lot of different terrible opinions about the last episode. Mm -hmm. My problem with the last episode is it was just too all over the place. Mm. Like, at the end of the day, like, everything was resolved. None of it made sense as to why it was resolved. <laughs> like you, you walked into it. So it's like a black box, right? Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of wires sticking on one end and a bunch of wires coming out in the other. And you put stuff in and the stuff out, you 
but you don't know how you got there. That was the last episode. <laughs> like that episode of Family Guy, Peter's a uh, knight at the Renaissance Fair at the yes. end. What are you going to do for a job? Oh, don't worry. It'll all work out. Remember that episode of the Honeymooners when Ralph <laughs> lost his job and at the end of the episode, he still didn't have a job? Well, yeah, that bugged the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hilarious part about that one was the next episode, Peter didn't have a job. <laughs> Unlike the Simpsons, where, you know, Homer's always back. <laughs> Right at the power plant. This one, he was actually fatter for two weeks. Yes. No, it oh, hasn't no, been two no. weeks. It's, it's only been 13 days. Yeah, yeah, he's right. It's only been 13 days. <laughs> it hasn't been two weeks. He's just ripping that newspaper up from under him. <laughs> What's that, Daddy? It's Mercury, son. The planet closest to the sun. What it's doing down here by the wharf, I have the foggy. I'm a guy, you jack. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so it's still continuing through Westworld. Watched episode seven of season three the other other day. Still good. Still interesting. Yeah. And then started watching Sandman on Netflix. Hmm. And that's good. Like I, I've enjoyed it for sure so far. Uh two episodes into that. And we watched the the most recent season of um, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. <laughs> it was funny, but it was not as funny as the, a lot of the previous seasons. Yes. This one, it really didn't seem like they knew where they were going. They were just kind of meandering. Yeah. Now, the House episode, the House TV show episode, that was a fantastic episode. Just for the last, like, 10 minutes of that episode oh no that episode was amazing like pretty much all around that was fantastic i loved love that episode <laughs> was it flip you up or something i can't remember what they were calling the house flip or something uh it, oh that's flip you i think it was yeah, flip, you. flip you yeah yeah, yeah. flip you oh it's so good that yeah that episode was was pretty amazing the rest of it was kind of well, and, and honestly, that season was all about Colin, right? Pretty much. Uh-huh. It was all about Colin Donovan growing back up into a... Person again. Into a full adult energy vampire. Yeah. And his whole thing... I mean, it was interesting and all, but it, it wasn't as funny. Right. And that was the, like... I'm going to say the point of the season, but that was, like, kind of the main thrust of the season. Right. It was a little disappointing. And watching the... Great British baking show this most recent season because that's my, what my wife wants to watch. And a fairly recent season of uh, Taskmaster as well on YouTube. <laughs> but part of the problem is my wife is not interested in watching darker stuff right now. She'd rather watch more comedic or lighter stuff. And all I've got left now, because we watched The Boys, third season. Boy, was that a rough. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, dramatic mind kind of thing like dark kind of thing or rough as in it was poorly written kind of way no it wasn't poorly written it was actually very well done i thought it was just hard to watch like there was a lot of terrible stuff happening ah. and all the sex stuff oh my gosh <laughs> so it's so it's season three the sex went up from previous seasons i mean it, yeah it's not usually how this stuff goes there's an entire season that's an or, or entire episode that's an orgy like oh. t- the whole the whole episode takes place in and around an orgy wow like it's a superhero orgy 
there are multiple episodes where the deep pulls a full blown Troy McClure. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> oh, with the commercials? <laughs> multiple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You almost think, though, that the Deep is only alive because people pity him enough to go that he's not worth killing. Uh, I think that's probably accurate. I think that <laughs> actually describes Homelander. <laughs> I think otherwise Homelander would have killed him by now, but he didn't or hasn't yet. But yeah. Well, then there's Andor and can't wait for, to wake up in the morning to watch the next episode of Andor because it's actually gotten a lot better than I thought it was going to go. No, yeah, I'll agree with you. This is actually, no, you know what? From the very get go, I thought it was a good show. Well, I did too, but I wasn't sure how they were going to work it in with ISB, the Imperial Security Bureau. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's where things may have taken a dip. And then Mon Mothma and her family, I wasn't sure what was going to go on there. But uh, I mean, once the, the, the whole prison stuff, I mean, it's just been fantastic. No, see, I've enjoyed all of the ISB stuff, all the Mon Mothma stuff. It's been, I think, a lot of fun to watch. That sort of stuff play out. It's been interesting because in a lot of ways you don't really like Mon Mothma because of the way she treats her daughter and sort of like the strangeness. You eventually you realize her marriage to her husband is an arranged marriage. Oh yeah. And so like that's part of the you can kind of tell that's part of the issue there. But she seems you know kind of disconnected from her family, which she does. But I think with the daughter, it's more of the daughter is not connecting with mom so mom's just not connecting with daughter right like it's a reciprocity kind of thing like you know my daughter's not trying to connect with me so i'm not going to try to connect with her out of spite <laughs> right because she's protecting herself from those feelings you know from you know being rejected by her daughter right and then she's got the other stuff that she uses to focus all of her energy on. And there's parts of it, like, I, I find it interesting until, I think, the most recent episode, rooting for Deidre. Like, you are almost rooting for her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she goes full-blown evil in the last episode. <laughs> and you're kind of <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's an evil Imperial ISB agent. I kind of right. forgot for a while there. <laughs> but I think it's been interesting. And then, uh, what's his name? Um, Cyril. Cyril, you're just wondering when he's just going to get mugged one day, and that's going to be the end of that sad story. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm, I'm just really interested to see where where that goes. Like I'm like, where are we going? Because we could go to more than one place here. My thing is, is like he's doing this. Why didn't he just sign up for the Imperial uh, Navy? Why didn't he just go straight into service? <laughs> And try to work his way up that way. Right. Like, like there's just there's just so many things that sort of make don't sense, make but sense. don't. Yeah. When you when you really think about it, you're like, wait a minute, why? Like his mother's concerned about the family name, yet they live like poor people. Right. Don't get what's going on there. That to me, honestly, like I am like super interested to see how they get out of the the prison and how that all goes down. And then it's great to see Andy Circus do his thing. Yeah, every role they put him in, he's, he's great. great. But I am somewhat more interested to see what they end up doing with Cyril. <laughs> like I really am. I'm like because it's, it's such a big question mark. Right, because you you just want to. Either know, is he going to be in it for the long haul or is he not? And right Right. now you don't understand how he could be in it for the long run, given where he's at and the way he's behaving. Because honestly, 
from what you and I know of the old Star Wars, I mean, he just would have been shot by the AISB or thrown in jail for doing right. what he pulled in the last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, and the whole thing with him and Deidre and Deidre right. being his like obsession, <laughs> there's really no other way to put it. It gave me like hope or whatever he called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interested to see where that goes. But like, like I said, it's so dark of a show that Janelle doesn't want to watch it with me. So I've got to kind of oh. watch it on my own. I guess it is kind of dark. It's dark, heavy, you know, something like that. It's not very light. It's not, you know, funny. But I get that too, though. I mean, like, because I, I, like I said, unless I'm like 90% sure I'm going to like something, I don't watch anything new. I watch, you know, Big Bang Theory and then, you know, sitcom cartoon shows like futurama (laughs) yeah because like you said you you just want to just click off you know in your brain and just get to saturday (laughs) yeah yeah and then you know texas a&m i guess we'll talk about it they've been awful there's just no other way to put it two generations it hasn't been like this where we've lost five in a row five yeah five in a row when was the last time we had a losing season uh franchione years yeah. So it's been a while. Like we've we've at least gone five hundred or better. Yeah. In, in you know, since you and I have been in high school. Yeah, I, I looked back through those seasons to find the one that we had gone we were six points away from a, a perfect season. And like literally two of the games were one point and one of the games was four points. But I was looking back through the seasons to find that and I found that Francione year where we only won, we only won three games. Uh-huh. And we lost the rest of those games that year. And I'm pretty sure that's when he got fired and we hired Sherman. Uh, I don't know, because we, we we lost against Florida because a large portion of the team had the flu. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to go up against Auburn this weekend, who's got the same record as we do. They're awful. No idea if we're going to beat them or not. No idea. I would put money on no. <laughs> this is a team I root for. I'm just going to go ahead and put money on no. <laughs> yeah, because the scariest thing in November is is all is an Auburn team with nothing to lose. <laughs> right. Like now, granted, they're much scarier to uh, Alabama than they are to anybody else. But especially <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and with L- with LSU being Alabama, so Alabama's a two loss team now, so they're not going to go to the. SEC championship. So as long as LSU wins out, which they probably will, including us in the last game. Uh-huh. So if if we win out, we beat Auburn, University of Massachusetts, and LSU. We'll just make eligible. <laughs> we'll, we'll make bowl eligible. I, I honestly think all of those are possible because if I remember right, they're all at home. And we do have a tendency to be able to beat LSU at home in the same way they have a tendency to beat us at home, even though they're <laughs> bad or we're bad or whatever. And so this could be a literal repeat of last year, except with the the roles reversed, where we beat LSU at home in order to gain bowl eligibility. But that would knock them down to, I think, a two-loss team. And they would still end up going to the championship because they beat Alabama. So mm-hmm. I do take solace in the fact that Auburn is just awful and that um, <laughs> Arkansas lost to Liberty last last week. You know, we're not the only ones in the lost to an unranked group of five team this year. Yeah, but it's still hard to swallow when you consider we got a coach on a $95 million contract and he keeps boasting about how great, you know, recruiting is. And then we have this season. I understand there were a lot of 
you know, side things. Like you said, the guys getting the flu, guys out for injuries, yada, yada. But you got to at least make a 500 team. Those are our standards. We can't lower our standards, you know, when we have a coach that's supposed to be elevating our standards. We can't go in the opposite direction. You either got to hold where you're at or raise them. And it feels like this season we're actually lowering the bar. (laughs) We've already started to lose recruits, too. So, oh, yeah, we already had one of our our big commit decommit from us. You know, I don't know where it goes from here. We're going to be in the same conference with OU and with Texas again. So we're going to have to recruit directly against them because they'll be in the SEC. We're going to be recruiting again against L- – we've been recruiting against LSU and Alabama. Then again, you know, in the past where recruitment was like the be-end-all of everything just because the team's team turnover was so spectacularly high, like you were lucky to keep somebody for two years. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can kind of bet on keeping a lot of your guys for three or four or five even if you redshirt them. As is with all sports, winning cures all. Yeah. All right. You'll get the recruits if you're winning. Yep. You'll get to keep them longer if you're winning. But if you're not, they're going to go somewhere else because winning teams get get the, the money. They get the TV. They get the endorsements. That's just how it goes in sports. So we'll get people to hang on if we can find ways to at least win. Yep. I mean, right now, we're looking at the Arkansas game as the greatest win we've had this season. And it was the fluke of the season. I mean, and it was. That was the best one we had. I'm hoping we can beat Auburn or LSU, um, but I've got no, yeah, like you said, I've got no uh, compunctions about the fact that we're probably going to lose that game. <laughs> it's just, just the way things are. And I mean, it just, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to think about like this weekend with our quarterbacks. I mean, Hayes King was in there and he made some really good throws and then it just, after the half, just disappeared could not adjust to the adjustment, you know, could not find the confidence or the the quick thinking or whatever it was that needed to be done to get the job done. You know, right now this team is going to rely heavily on its quarterback because it doesn't have much else. I mean, a chain's the only offensive weapon we have at this point. Yeah. And everybody knows it. What this reminds me of this is the year we had Kyler Murray. I want to say we played three quarterbacks that year. And we came out of that year with not a one of them. Mm-hmm. All three of them transferred. We had a completely new quarterback. And so I'm kind of worried that that's going to happen this year because Wegman looks like a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, Max Johnson looks like a good quarterback. Haynes King, if he had some confidence, looks like he could be a good quarterback. Like, they're all good. I, I think Wegman could do it, to be honest. I think if we had a front line that knew how to hike the yeah. ball every once in a while. And someone to throw, someone to get open for him to throw to. <laughs> Well, and Stewart and Muhammad and Brown, they've all been coming along. You know, the defenses have been coming along. But I saw the statistics the other day. We're playing like 22 true freshmen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how young our team is. Mm-hmm. And and the honest truth is they're playing against a lot more veterans than they would be in the past, given the same circumstance. I don't know. I And I really don't know what's going to happen with Jimbo. Because, like... I kind of figure if if we lose out, they're going to want to fire him. Like, people are going to want to lynch him, to be honest. They're going to want to kill him. <laughs> or at least... Who's available. <laughs> right. That's the that's my, that's my the problem I keep going back to. Right. And here's the funny part. I, I absolutely feel I'm in, I could be in both camps at the same time. Want to get rid of Jimbo Fisher and then go, 
but we don't have anybody else to go to. So how much am I going to, how much pain am I going to be in to sit here and seethe for another season until we figure out a solution? Yeah, that's the problem. (sighs) I just don't, there's no, there's nothing that isn't just pain for the next, you know, year and a half to three years. I don't know how long, whatever. But I'm sort of resigned to it. <laughs> Spoken like a true Browns fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm an Aggie fan. On the other side, you know, on the NFL side, both the Cowboys and the Browns look great in their last games. For once. You know, it was interesting in that game against the Bengals because they, they let the Bengals came back to within five points just after the half, and then the Browns just whoosh, took it away. <laughs> it was kind of... Actually, that was that was pretty much what happened at the A&M game, except that's what... Florida did to A&M. Florida did to A&M. Yeah, we got real... We were real close, like 26-23, and then in the th- second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, they just whoosh, took it all. You're getting some guys off injury, but the, the problem is, is we got tough games coming up ahead. We got... Miami and then Tampa. And then after those two games, then we face the Texans and Deshaun Watson finally gets to play. So we'll see. It's just been, I don't know. It's just been real tough. And uh, you just don't know what they're going to do because you know, it's a coaching problem, but what are you going to do? Right. I guess one of the amazing things on the cowboy side of the house is like our coaching is just so good (laughs) (laughs) on both sides of the ball but that is a problem like i and that is one of the things that causes teams to fall apart is i think both the defensive and maybe the offensive coordinator too are going to get head coaching jobs somewhere else Mm -hmm. if we could keep everybody together it'd be amazing but it doesn't look like that's going to happen doesn't happen in, in the nfl not for very long And that's one of the reasons, you know, you don't have the kind of sustaining power uh, like you did, I guess, in the olden days where you had these runs that teams would be amazing for long periods of time. But now players, you know, get paid to go elsewhere. Coaches get paid to go elsewhere. It's such a weird year in the NFL this year. I mean, like uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like crap because he can't work with his receivers. Like he doesn't even try. He's just like, nope, they're just terrible. And that's it. Like he doesn't try to work with his with his rookie receivers. And then Tom Brady's, you know, been on the rocks with the divorce and whatnot. He doesn't look as sharp as usual. Josh Allen doesn't look sharp as usual. I mean, but the only p- teams that are doing really well are like the Jets and the Eagles, <laughs> the Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys. And you're like, what the hell is happening this year? Well, the funny part is, like, I think I think the Cowboys are going to be second in the NFC East, which means we're going to have to get into the playoffs via a uh, wild card, a wild card game. Which I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, now that they've expanded the wild card to three teams. Yeah, it's not a bad shot. Mm-hmm. At least on the NFL side of the ball, uh, or on the NFL side of the house, things are at least a little fun. <laughs> and then real quick, going back to baseball, four Cleveland Guardians players are, were nominated for, or no, not nominated, won uh, Golden Glove Awards. Um Stephen Kwan in left field, Miles Straw in, in uh, center, 
uh, Andres Jimenez at second, and Shane Bieber, one of our starting pitchers. Terry Francona is a finalist for Manager of the Year, and Stephen Kwan is finalist for American League uh, Rookie of the Year. This all on a team that nobody thought was going to even make 500, you know, have a 500 record. Took the Yankees to five games in the division series. So very, very happy. Can't wait for baseball to come around. Hopefully we can keep this team together and hopefully they'll be just as good next year. You, you just never know. But uh, boy, I miss baseball because at least that was that was a little bit more fun than, than what I'm dealing with now. <laughs> uh, that be said, if you're a Cleveland sports fan, um, the Cavs apparently are doing really good. So they uh, just beat the Lakers. They're good. It's always good when somebody beats the Lakers. <laughs> just so everybody knows. The Lakers are the Yankees of, basketball. <laughs> of the basketball world. So yeah. all hatred be unto the Lakers. There are some choice uh, phrases we've used about them in the past that I won't use because I don't want to be canceled. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Lakers. Uh, what shows have you been watching since I, I took everybody through a, <laughs> a rapid um, list of shows I've been watching? So... Caught up on Ted Lasso. That's been interesting. Do you know when the next season comes out? I don't. I like okay. I I randomly check back with you know the Apple, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> Soon, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> it's supposed to be a three or four season show, if I remember correctly. I thought the third season was going to be the last season. Yeah, I think it's three seasons. So, so we caught up on that. Uh, welcome to Wrexham. I don't know if I've talked about that on this show. It's a documentary. It's not fiction. It actually happened. But Ryan Reynolds and um, Robert McElherney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia bought a Welsh soccer team that is in the lower echelons of the British or the English soccer leagues uh, with the hopes of trying to get them into the uh, upper levels uh, out of the, the National League. And uh, it's been an interesting because, like, it, like they actually try Ro- more Robert Mackle, Ernie, more him than I would say Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds started out, I think, mostly as the money <laughs> and somebody that Mackle Ernie knew who had money, <laughs> who had money. Yeah, it's a real team, a team that recently just uh, is now competing in the their league's uh, tournament for the cup so that way they can get promoted so we'll see if this year anything happens there but uh that was an interesting look into british soccer and uh how that actually works and how it is and like i learned that soccer hooligans weren't just random people who were criminals like they're actually an organized group for these (laughs) soccer teams that literally go out with the plan to cause as much disruption and chaos as they can uh knowing full well they can get banned from games you know for a year for life whatever yeah they're okay with it like it's just part of what they do so that was interesting other than that and then uh i've been watching a little bit of english soccer league when i can when I get it on the TV and Arsenal's kicking ass in the Premier League. Arsenal! Yeah. I was, if I had time to watch yet another sport, it would be soccer and I would root for Arsenal, but I do not have time for yet another sport. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have time for the sports I watch now, so. 
but yeah, it's like I don't know. If, I have been a little weary about doing Lord of the Rings just because I didn't read all of the books. I didn't really get into it as much, so I didn't know how much of that I would like. Yeah. I haven't gotten into uh, House of the Dragon because I haven't finished watching Game of Thrones, and I need to, but unfortunately it's been so long i'm gonna have to start all the way over again yeah it's gonna i mean you don't really need to watch game of thrones for house of the dragon really yeah no because house the house of the dragon takes place before game of thrones yeah but i figured there were like little ties in there that you might want to oh yeah i mean don't get me wrong plus i should i mean like i've you know i started watching it and then i don't remember if it's like the second or third season that i left off but so i need to do that but yeah andor has really been it I mean, Andor's been good, so yeah, there's that at I mean, least. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot of new TV out there that I can think of that I even want to watch. I mean, that is part of the problem. Like, there's <laughs> there's so much to watch, but, like, so little I want to watch. Uh-huh. Oh, I saw, what was it, uh, Tales of the Jedi. And... Oh, yeah, Tales of the Jedi. We talked about that a little bit, and I've watched it now. See, I think that means a little less to you because you never watched The Clone Wars. Right. And then the parts that you did that would make sense to you weren't giant surprises or anything. Well, what was nice for me was watching Dooku, kind of his evolution. But none of that was surprising to me. Well, it was a little bit. It was kind of... So, you know, you got this concept that the Jedi were becoming too, you know, full of themselves or whatever. And that sort of played out in some of the... The Jedi and how they acted, but I think this was a, I don't know, more of a showcase of it. See, to me, it was more of like, not that the Jedi were full of themselves, but that they forgot who they were and more morphed into intergalactic police. Right. Like, that's how they saw themselves as intergalactic peace at the discretion of the Senate. Which, not what they should have been. Right. Or not what they were. Right. Qui-Gon was nice to see his evolution of kind of sad that his story ended the way it did, because then you felt like there could have been a lot more that could have came out of that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's sort of the point. Yeah. Qui-Gon's story ending the way it does Mm -hmm. in relation to Anakin, especially, and and how he's going to be brought up and whatnot. That all sort of is part of the whole Duel of the Fates thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to hopefully some more Star Wars coming out. I mean... It, Disney's just been so weird with the Star Wars lately. I don't, I don't understand. Fewer movies, projects coming and going. You know, for I, I don't even know why. Like I, they, they announced Rogue Squadron and then they took it away. Like why? Everyone was so psyched about it. What was the problem? Yep. Why even tantalize us with that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, not a whole lot of. TV, not even a whole lot of movies. I I, I was thinking about the other day, and uh, I need to rewatch. I need to find out if Top Gun Maverick is is on a streaming service. But uh, I think it's about to be on uh, HBO Plus, if I remember right. Good, because I can't think of any movies I actually want to go see. There's Black Adam, which I'm kind of interested to see, because yeah. I figure maybe The Rock can make a pretty good Disney, not Disney, uh, DC. DC. Uh, movie and then there's the Wakanda Forever which I'm kind of eh about I have to say after uh, Endgame I found it hard to watch a lot of the uh, Avengers movies just because it was so heavy with uh, with a lot of the drama in it I just again because like you were saying like 
with your wife with the the dark and heavy stuff like i just can't make myself go watch that stuff it has to be upbeat yeah (laughs) the spider-man one was great and then doctor strange was kind of eh uh-huh. And then Wakanda Forever, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's the introduction of Namor and the Atlanteans and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah, because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness, you're just like, don't really see where it's going. <laughs> like, I, I am somewhat excited about Quantumania, which I saw, I think, yes, before. The, that looks yeah. interesting. But that's more because it kind of introduces... Uh, or not introduces, but brings Kang, the version of Kang who's going to be the villain, into the picture. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, on the Marvel side, I guess She-Hulk is supposed to keep things interesting until more Marvel movies come out, but uh, I really saw that more with Loki, I thought would have been more of the connecting series no, there. Loki was. She-Hulk was kind of the aside thing, I guess is the best way to put it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it seems like the... Uh, the thread, the connection thread for Marvel's kind of thinned out. It's all sort of leading towards the whole King, the Conqueror, and, and that sort of thing. But it's just not... I don't know how else to put it. Because we've got Secret War coming up. We've got Ironheart. We've got Loki Season 2. We've There's a WandaVision sequel, which I think is about the White Vision. Yeah. We've got Wanda coming back somehow, apparently. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff still in the works. It's just not the Infinity Stones and like the whole Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War story from the comics was just so much more compelling than anything they have ever put out. Other than Civil War, uh-huh. but they kind of wrapped up Civil War into the whole Infinity Saga. Right, and they laid uh, Civil War kind of to rest with. Um Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. Yeah. Soldier. And then the Hawkeye movie. So, or TV show. Sorry. So, yeah, it, it's just, it seems, it seems a lot more listless than it used to be. Like, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's going anywhere anymore. Just not a whole lot of announcements and not a whole lot, not of like chained releases for things that, you know, you're like, okay, this will get me to the next thing and then to the next thing and to the next thing. Something comes out in a couple of weeks. December. Oh no, Jack Ryan. Yeah, I can't wait for that new episode or new season or Jack Ryan's coming out in a few weeks. Oh yeah, that's been a fun series to watch. Oh okay, that's Amazon, right? Yeah, John Krasinski is uh, Jack Ryan. Does a really good job. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it last weekend? Went to a place that had bison burgers, and uh, they also uh, had an axe throwing thing there. Nice. Stuck it twice. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's cool. But, uh, that's what the excitement of my life right now. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we've potentially, hopefully, but not bored our viewers or listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of talking about whatever else we feel like. So you get one of these episodes every year and a half. So <laughs> hopefully it hasn't been too rough on you. Remember, we've got a Patreon if you'd like to support us uh, in the podcast and, and help us to pay our lovely editor. We have a website, patthefatman.com. We're on Patreon. We've got a page on Facebook, Pat the Fat Man. 
And the fat man has a Twitter handle, so we have a lot of the things. Oh, and we have a YouTube channel now, Pat and the Fat Man. So that's where we'll post. We're posting the sports ball stuff just so it's out there in a more timely fashion. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. Like, so many of the TV shows out right now are heavy, dark. Yes. Lots of bad stuff going on. Girlfriend's upstairs watching a show about sexual assault. And then she was really into the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. And then she likes her true crime stuff that mostly deal in murders. So. Well, it's that's all women. All women want to know how to kill us and hide our bodies. Great. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs>